This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's good, Kansas City? We are back in the building. It is players only like we come each and every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. I am Danon Hughes. You can follow me on Twitter at at DAHughesGuy83 on Instagram, Danon Hughes. As always, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line is open, 913-586-7610, 913-586-7610. That's the phone line and the text line. And we got a substitute amidst the World Series. We had to go to the bullpen. If you were listening to 610 earlier on Carrington Show, Barbershop was here earlier, and he had to leave. And we had to go to the bullpen. I, I, I tapped on my right elbow <laughs> from the dugout, and we went and got another former chief linebacker. Desmond Moses is in the building tonight. Yes, sir. What's going on, Des? Tell them who you are. Desmond Moses, former outside linebacker. Uh, played outside linebacker with Tom Bud, Justin, all those guys, man. Alex was my quarterback. Do a little bit pregame show on KCTV five. Yep, we still representing, man. We working. Yeah, doing doing in the big another yeah. Jersey cat. So you got yes, two Jersey cats. <laughs> Forget about it. Who died and left you, boss? Here in the building right now, and I'm glad to have Desmond filling in for my brother Sean Barber. Yeah. We got we get Barbershop a, a, a day off every once in a while. He's got six kids, and he does so much around the community. He does a lot of charitable endeavors, uh, great job uh, with the Chiefs Ambassadors as the president. Yeah. So uh, we won't give him too much flack. We appreciate him. But, Des, it's good to, good to have you here in the building, man. He's a busy guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as you mentioned, you are on KCTV5. I want to say this is, what, the third year you've it's been doing it. Absolutely. So if you guys are watching television before the Chiefs game, check out Desmond. Uh, does a, a great job on the pregame show on KCTV5. I appreciate you have, having you here, man. And yeah. so each and every week we come, we got the text line open. We'll tackle some texts in in the quarter in the third quarter. So this is the first quarter of the show. And normally we utilize the, the first quarter to talk about the previous game okay. and take some the recap and some takeaways from that game. Well, we didn't play a game. We had a bye. And uh, so – I want to tackle real quick, and we definitely have the text line and the phone lines open, but I want to tackle the bye week because so many good, so many things can happen during the bye week. Uh, we've seen, you know, if you go back to Odell Beckham Jr., I think it was his rookie year or something where mm-hmm. they were on the mm-hmm. yacht yeah. for the bye week of the playoffs. Not necessarily recommended. 
to be on the yacht, especially with Timberland boots on and the way they was looking like Jagged Edge, like a, a, a R&B video. group, yeah, a rap <laughs> video. Like, you don't want to do all that. But uh, in your experience with, with you and the pros, you had bye weeks. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Any, any craziness that you went through on a bye week or, or during those times where you had extended uh, periods off, where coaches, it's the it's a coach's nightmare to release yeah. all the cats to to the community and wherever they go to Miami or overseas or whatever because they get very few opportunities to get away. Well, it's funny because you asked that. <clears throat> I had an interesting story on one of my bye weeks. This was my my fifth and final final year. My actually my fourth year here with Kansas City. You know, we we went into the bye week, I believe with a win. You know, we're celebrating. I'm down Miami. I'm. I, you know, taking it easy. I'm right. out the way, but get a call, man. Kansas City Chiefs, man. I got cut on my bye week. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That's the toughest bye week you could have. Yeah, you know what that, I'm saying? That's you, you lose your job on your day off, you yeah. know? <laughs> <It's> the, epitome, <laughs> the epitome of you was Smokey from Friday. You was, you was Chris Tucker from Friday. You got fired on your day off. Oh, actually, day off. actually uh, Ice Cube got fired on his day off. Dang. Tough, tough, man. So my vacation, it turned over pretty quickly, man. Went from a good time, to, you know, back to business. But um, other than that, man, generally I like to, you know, take that time to help, you know, do some rehab, try to get your body recovered so you can finish off the season. Hopefully that, that bye week comes later on in the season, about halfway through to where you can um, use it as a, <laughs> a, a checkpoint, get yourself together and finish the season strong. But um yeah, that was a tough year, man. That Yo, was a tough year. Before people kill me on Twitter, <laughs> I had no idea about this this story. So I, I'm sure there's going to be people out there on the text line and on Twitter that says, Damon, how are you going to invite somebody in here to relieve uh, Barbershop? And you, the first thing out of your mouth is the sorest time of his career where he got cut tough. on a bye week on his day off. <laughs> Dang, Craig. Tough. <laughs> but, Man, but I, you know what? It's interesting because a part of that, the bye week, that I don't think very many people understand, and I got a chance to talk with the coaches today, as everybody knows, or hopefully everybody knows on these airways, I do the broadcast with the Chiefs. I'm in the booth with Mitch Holtis, and we call the game every game. We talk to the coaches during the week in preparation for the game. And um, you speak with coaches and the self-scouting that goes on during the bye week. So it's not huge. it's not about – Days off. There's a part of it that's about days off and recovering. You got a ten game stretch coming up uh, that you got to get ready for. No, no time to breathe. Just go. And but yet, there's evaluation that happens. And oftentimes during the regular season, as you go week to week, game to game, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, whatever. Uh, there's not enough time to really evaluate your team. Yeah. But yeah. each organization has. In the back offices, they have their own self-scouting department, scouting department that focuses on internal, mm -hmm. so tendencies. So, for instance, like when, when we used to study, study film and, and, and evaluate opponents, we had – there was a department that actually evaluated us. Sure. And they would say, okay, when Danon's in the game, you know, there's a high percentage – time is going to be a run run play or when Danon lines up this place or has his inside foot up or this is the tendency that we have on third and short and third and medium yeah. so you have self-scouting that goes on behind the scenes so it's not just about what you're trying to accomplish against the other teams right 
It's about the organization recognizing that there may be things, tendencies that Andy Reid has, that Eric Bieniemy has, that Steve Spagnuolo has, that they don't even realize right. that they have. There may be ways where players break the huddle or line <laughs> up that will tell other teams that, yo, this is not a pass play. Like, Danny, McCall Hardman came out and he, he walked to the line of scrimmage. They ain't over. This is a run play. <laughs> we used to have keys all the way down the guy's fingertips, yeah. fingernails. You know, if this guy had his his heel up, heel down, you know, hands on his hip. Guys do things unconsciously, yeah. you know, when they're trying to prepare to do a certain movement. And as a, as a professional, you study these week in oh. and week out. But like you just said, the team does that as well because now they're trying to build those counters going into the second half of the season so that they, you know, those teams that have been seeing those same things, mm-hmm. now it becomes a liability and, and something that could become a big play for Kansas City. And, and, you know, there's a lot of gambling that goes on. Uh, in sports, and when you talk, I love the movie Rounders, mm-hmm. and there's tells that guys have. And for for all those people that just enjoy the game of football, there's an aspect that you and I can't enjoy <laughs> sure, because we see all the tells. We watch the game differently than the general fan, and it makes it special for us because it's almost like a chess match where we're able to call plays, like – I can call a play if you if you give me film or you have me watch the game tonight. By the third quarter, I can call some plays for that sure. are happening. I can call some coverages for sure. Like they've gone away from the disguising that they started the game with. Like <laughs> right. you know, you get all amped up in the beginning of the game and you you trying something different, making something look different. My my feet are different. My eyes are looking somewhere else. But what what happens as you get tired? Fatigue. Fatigue sets in. And you get back to the normal you. Yeah. And you want to do your job. Make yeah, sure you get it done. <laughs> exactly. So now I can – so if I'm watching the second half of the game, just like when I was playing, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's man coverage. Oh, that's bump and run. Right. Oh, he's going to try to jam me. Oh, he's going to bail. Uh, all the safety's coming down. Or they're going to blitz because this guy is creeping up to the line of scrimmage or he's, he's, he's looking like he's not going to creep up to the line of scrimmage and he never looks like he's not right. <laughs> going to do it. So he must be doing it right now. So – the self-scouting part. Yeah, because it uh, takes energy to disguise all of those oh, things, yeah. even as a linebacker. You know, we want to come off the edge, show that we really got two. It's like, okay, that's a nice little, you know, mindset in the first half. Mm-hmm. Now my legs are fried. Can I get back in position <laughs> yeah. to make sure I do my job once the ball snap? And that's what guys start to think about later on in the game. Yeah, all so that dancing and stuff, it, it starts to slow down <laughs> later in the game. But my back to the that original point, though, about the self-scouting. Because this is a very important part of the season that I think probably goes under the radar to a lot of fans because the self-scouting that comes in could, like in your case, and unbeknownst to you and unbeknownst to me before this conversation, could get somebody cut. (laughs) For sure. Could get somebody moved to practice squad, could get somebody moved down the depth chart because during the season – because every week is routine and it goes by so quickly, coaches don't have enough time to say, well, dang, Danon, you know, such and such, Ron Dickerson that's behind Danon, he probably can play better. Let's go ahead and put – no, Danon has his package of plays and yeah. he has his special teams and blah, blah, blah. We're just going to keep it going. But then during the bye week, they look at all the film and they say, you know what, well – you know, that cat ain't covering punts like he was yeah. early in the season. Or he's well, that package is limited. Yeah. You know, we could do without it. We, we might be going away from that. Going altogether. away from that package or somebody else that's playing strong Coming on. in one other package. Mm-hmm. Well, we can add him to this package. A perfect example is to me is Nick Bolton. 
sure. last year, how he was coming on and off the field. And um, when there was an injury, he was he stepped in and he led the team in tackles and this and that. But then when the players got healthy and our linebacking core got healthy, he was still a package guy. Yeah. And uh, But they saw enough <laughs> in evaluating and say, you know what? Yeah. We're going to get rid of Ben Neiman and these other guys because we're going to put the green dot on Nick Bolton. And we saw enough that we self-evaluated and said this guy can handle uh, more of that package. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I bring all that up because it's going to be interesting to see the Chiefs under Andy Reid have been absolutely phenomenal when they've had extended breaks or after a bye week. And so that dynamic works really well when you talk to the coaches and they say, you know what, we had – part of the week off, but we had extra couple of days that we had to come in and evaluate the game, the previous game against the Niners, start on the package for the Titans, uh, break down our internal scouting, and then they were able to get a a break and have three, four days off before getting back to their routine. So for all the fans out there, uh, if you wonder what players do, like Desmond, he was down in Miami chilling. For me, I was here. I, I had one, two, three, four kids in, in that kind of order while I was playing. So there wasn't really opportunities for me to, to travel away with school-age kids and stuff like that. So it was more just a chill-out time and, and rehab and stay, stay in a, a relative routine uh, during the bye week. But there's never been, outside of your story, there's yeah. never been any, any truly detrimental negative stuff that I've experienced. I played with... A lot of characters, DT, Andre Risen, a lot of guys that uh, were were socialites. I'll say that we're okay. socialites, and but never, I've n- I was never part of anything that was uh, brought any negativity to the team. Like sure. you were irresponsible or extra irresponsible during the bye week that could hamper the right. rest of the season. You did I mean, you never had that with any no. teammates or anything like that. No, I mean, this you know that's a time where a lot of guys. <clears throat> hey, they're they're looking out for one another. You know, if yeah. if they do travel, it'll be three, four guys in a group Together, to yeah. where you know there's 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 some support and making sure you know no one particular guy is getting out of control or you know doing anything that could jeopardize the the second half of the season for the team. So that's the cool part about it. You also get to build that camaraderie, yeah, with the guys while resting. You know, getting that recovery. So there there's upsides to it. But for me, you know, the moral of the story was. Stay out of Miami. (laughs) (laughs) So needless to say, Desmond has never been back to Miami because just landing in Fort Lauderdale or Miami brings back sore memories. (laughs) Like I'm traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) No South Florida visits. All right, when we come back, we got this first quarter over, second quarter coming up. Y'all know if you've been listening for a while what the second quarter brings. Spitting fire, hot fire takes. And we got a couple of good ones. Dan, we see you on the line. We'll get to you in quarter three. But we'll be back in a second. Bono looking to pass the football. Goes in the middle. Kansas Cup. Touchdown, Kansas City. Touchdown, Chiefs. Touchdown, Chiefs. Daniel Hughes took the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and ten for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers. Halfback pass. Marcus Allen right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. Daniel Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news, and views 
from Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Dana Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him D-Nice. Just call me D-Nice. And we're back, players only, second quarter of the show. Teamwork makes the dream work on players only. Barbershop is out. Desmond Moses is with me. Left his mic on. I got one, (laughs) two, three, four, five text messages. Hot mic alert. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the fact that they didn't want us to say anything to put our foot in our mouth. But and um, I think we we uh, we escaped. Yeah, we did. Any danger? Uh, so yeah, appreciate that. As I mentioned, Desmond Moses in here filling in yes. for my man Barbershop. Uh, Desmond, how can they follow you on Twitter and in Instagram? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, both at D E Z M A N M. So Desmond M. Uh, All right, check me out. Check him out. Does a great job on <laughs> KCTV Five. Pre-game shows, and as you know, you can follow me on at D.A. Hughes Guy 83 and Danon Hughes on Instagram. The Jay Southland Tow Service text line is open, but as you know, each and every week we come in the second quarter with the hot fire, spit fire takes, and Barbershop's not here, so I'm going to lead off, and Desmond, if you got something that comes to mind or you want to chime in on my okay. hot fire take, feel free. I don't want you to feel any pressure. You know, you're a rookie. We we try. <laughs> I didn't want you to have to stand on the table and sing your fight song like uh, rookies normally do, but we'll just take Look, it easy on you. I stay ready, so I don't have to get ready. There you go. I like that. I like that. Uh, so my hot fire take, I got into a back and forth with several people on social media over the last few days based on comments that Stephen A. Smith made regarding ownership in the NFL and that it should be – an I'm not quoting specifically, but ultimately it should be mandatory that if the Washington commanders sell, that the owner, it should be mandatory that it's a black person. And um, before I get to my comments and how I added into it, Facebook is very revealing. Sure. Uh, it's revealing to people who may you may call friends, people who you <laughs> think are uh, – uh, you know, uh, that they are just uh, people that you know, neighbors, et cetera. But when the Twitter thumbs or the thumbs get going, Courage. you you get the real. You yeah. get what's really – so they might smile in your face and, and be for you and for your you and your family because they know you. Mm-hmm. But what they – they don't know your cousins. They don't know your other family. And some of the comments that can come out, in certain situations can be negative towards those other people. Sure. So my comment was revolved around the fact that I don't think that this should be dismissed as easily. And you got all the people coming back. This is racism. No, it's not racism. (laughs) Just because you point out race does not make your statement automatically racism. Right. Right. I can point out Something about women does not make my comment sexist. Right. It just or means <laughs> or me sexist. Right. So the reason why, just so I clarify it, and if you follow me on Facebook, great. You can see the 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 chain. Uh, just so I'm clear, 
It should not be dismissed. And here's why. Because if you have any corporation, any conglomerate that has not allowed any certain entity to have ownership, while the workforce in that conglomerate is over 70% of anything, Mm -hmm. there should be a push and it should not be dismissed that if something opens up in that conglomerate that that workforce be represented. Especially if you have not allowed it. Now, it's not. It's one thing that if they can't afford it, but history has told us that the NFL, the way it's structured, the way the other owners get to vote on who comes in and all the antitrust and everything else, that there have been opportunities, the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. when the Commanders were sold, when the Vikings were sold, there were other teams, there were expansion teams, and yet there was never an opportunity for black ownership that really came even close to fruition. So for someone to say um, that it should be mandatory now, I feel like it should not be dismissed. And there's a lot of people, so-called friends, that dismiss it and call it racism because that's lazy and that's that's a lazy take and it's an irresponsible take because anytime, whether, you know, we can get into other stuff, and race in our country, et cetera. And I don't want to go too deep into it because I want it to still filter around this. Right. Uh, if you have any entity, if there, was, if there was a conglomerate of something that women partake of, let's say women products, or makeup, or whatever, I don't, you know. You probably should have some women representation. Exactly. <laughs> and if there hasn't been and never was and never has been allowed to, then at some point, Right. There should be a push and a, and a mandate to allow that to happen. For sure. That's it. Like, it, it, you know, it's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's the nature of the beast in what was created and the workforce thereof. So if you have, like I said, if you have uh, a, a, a cosmetic conglomerate mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of women in the workforce doing X jobs and yet no ownership representation – then there should be something or someone that steps in and says, you know what, this, this, this entity has never been allowed to. Mm-hmm. Not that they haven't qualified, not that they don't have the money, they've never been allowed to be in that fraternity or sorority in that case. Right. We should make something happen. And just so people understand, most if not all of the change that's happened in this world has happened because of backlash. It's not there hasn't been a smooth transition of no. anything that has that has required change. There's always something. So when Stephen A steps out and says it should be mandatory, that's pretty much similar to what people have said in history when things have been made changes. When you had integrated integration of schools, when you had sure. Jackie Robinson, when you had, you know, the first athletes in any sport, it wasn't like they just allowed, hey, come on in. Right. Like, right. It wasn't that. It was some kind of door. It wasn't about knocking on a door. It was somebody that took a battering ram and knocked down a door and took yeah. some of the backlash. And the fact that we're here in 2022 and people just don't understand. People are not willing to at least embrace that. Oh, man. This is a you mean all of these all these black athletes, 70 something percent or more 
are in the NFL and nobody's had ownership and every there's been people that have wanted and they have not been allowed to and they have the means to do so. Yeah. And how people don't say, okay, two plus two is four. Let's go with common sense as opposed to some inherent bias that they may have in thinking that something's automatically racist just because you're talking about a race. Well, here's my take. You know, for me, racism and or whether it's racist, it surrounds one thing. You know, does this promote equality? And for me, it does. There's a, um, a balance that's been way off. You yeah. know, there's a number of or, or a certain group of people who represent the entire face of, of football ownership. So I think it might be time, you know, to, to mandate it. And no, it's not racism because it does promote that equality. And that's what we need, um, you know, not just in this space, but especially in this space, you know, yeah. because these guys, it's a its a huge industry. It only makes sense to have representation um, in a comfort level for everyone. Yeah, I got a text line. Normally we get to the text line in the third, third quarter, but I'm going to tackle this because this is on this point from 913. So if a white guy came out and said a white guy should be the one to own the team, you wouldn't say that's racist, racist BS. You're all lying if you wouldn't say that. If you listen to the content of what we said, any workforce that is represented by any race or gender to the extent or to the highest percentage as it is, Mm -hmm. while never having anybody own in that conglomerate, never and hardly having anybody as a GM in that that conglomerate, yes, should be. At the, it should be a premium that if they have the capabilities for to diversify, to have diverse representation, that should be at the premium of that conglomerate, period. Don't put insert white person, insert black person, insert woman, insert Asian, insert anything. It's all the same. It's very uniform. And we're talking about not a startup company. We're talking about the NFL that has been around for 60-plus years. Yeah. <laughs> And never having any of that representation. So to be here in 2022, and if Bob Johnson or Oprah or whoever else that are atop of the Forbes 500 or whatever it is, and, and as far as um, uh, the richest people, and they have the capability, that sh- they, sh- they nor that should not be just stopped just because. It should not. It's right. time. Like, a- at some point, it's got to be time to... To break that mold. Either and, that or they got to change the process to where it's not a boys club type deal and it's not the rest of the guys. Yeah. We've had know, women owners. On, yeah. We we, the Rams had a woman owner. We we have every other race that has been represented yeah. as ownership. But for some reason, as far as a majority owner, NBA has done it. Mm-hmm. We've seen GMs and presidents of Major League Baseball teams, but for some reason not in the NFL. So – not to get too deep into it, I know we got to go to a break, and I'm sure there's some text messages that will come out. But again, just because you mention race does not make you racist, does not make you anti any other race because you're talking about something that is as glaring as the NFL and black ownership. So when we come back, that's halftime. It's we're players only. I am Dana Hughes. We got Desmond Moses in here. Dan, we're going to get to you first when we get back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Who are you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? And we're back. Players only. Third quarter of the show. Just had our halftime drinks. Some orange slices. What'd you, what'd you, what was your go-to on, on halftime? Definitely the orange slices. Orange I, was, slices. I was a big dog. I used to go get me a hoagie. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? From Jersey, I have a half of a hoagie in there. Ah, so you had a sale. You had yeah, a meal during halftime. There you go. I like it. My, I had a bad stomach, man. I still got a bad stomach. I had, like, ulcers when I played and stuff like that. So I, I drank a lot of Sprite and ginger mm. ale. But I was I had a terrible diet too, so that didn't that didn't help it either. But we got the phone lines and text lines open. Third quarter of the show. Let's start it off with Dan. What's good, Dan? Hey, Dan. Hey, uh, Desmond. How you doing? Yeah, I'm looking at the old Chiefs uh, games from like yeah, you won with the Chiefs first game when they beat the Steelers and they stripped Terry Bradshaw, Frank Montalita stripped him and uh, Thomas Howard picked it up and uh, went 65 yards. And the last game, they played at old Metropolitan Stadium when they beat the Vikings 10-6. I'm looking for the game Sunday, looking for the Chiefs to stop Derek Henry. And uh, Desmond, I remember 19, uh, I mean 2013 very well when uh, Chiefs finished 9-0. And uh, you lost that tough one against the Colts. Had you beaten the Colts, you would have gone all the way. Take care of yourself, guys. Have a great show. Take care. Thanks a lot, Dan. We love your energy. Dan is the necessary boost we have to have <laughs> midway going. through the show, right after halftime. You know, you need you need to have that first drive of the, of the second half where you just you can reestablish the momentum. Dan is like that guy. He's always always on point. Appreciate you, Dan. We got Big Jacks. Big Jacks, what's happening? Oh man, you you know I definitely appreciate you two guys. As my first two guests on the All Four Quarters Show live from the back shot. Yes, downtown. sir. So yeah. I appreciate so much, man. It was so good to meet uh, uh, Desmond, man. I had never met him before that, man. And, uh, man, what a good guy. I, I love the you. fact, you know, me and Danon goes way back. So, man, I sure appreciate y'all. Of course, 
Bill Moss will be out with me tomorrow night oh, down yeah. the stack, man. If y'all get a chance, come on down. I might pull uh, up, give man, me some of them wings. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Man, for sure. Hey, get that, get this catfish, bro. It's awesome. Oh, yes. For real. For real. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, sir. Um, but I tell you what, man, as far as your high spit fire, boy, that's for real right there. Like, the idea that there's no African-American representation in the ownership in the NFL when you got 70, almost 80%, at least 70% of the workers in the league are African-American is ridiculous. And like you said, it's not because they just ain't never been able to afford it. Mm-hmm. You, they've been able to the old boys club to be able to decide whether or not they're going to let somebody in. So if that's how it is, then the idea that we should demand that they let somebody in right. that represents that particular segment of their workforce is not unreasonable in any way, and it's not racist. So, man, I appreciate y'all for spitting it out, man, and uh, I, I love y'all, man. I'll holler at you later. Yeah. Appreciate uh, you, Big Jacks. Right on point. Again, this is an entity that has not allowed people. It's not like like you people might say, okay, the NHL. Well, there's not been, to my understanding, there's not been any – black ownership group that has desired to own an NHL team. So there's no, there's, you know, there's where there's no smoke, there's no fire there, but in the NFL, there has been. Sure. And when, and if you add in just ancillary things about how these organizations are spiraling downward with the commanders and the sexual uh, assault um, and and the racism and the sexism and all that stuff. And then what went on with Carolina and then you had with the Clippers and the NBA, like it's not like all of these owners, I'm not saying all of them are, but I'm not saying it's not like all hundred percent are above board, top shelf individuals. (laughs) It's not like, you know, that we don't, that there's an ownership group that just doesn't pass the, 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 you know, pass a test of, of integrity that is trying to get in. Um, Desmond, you and I were talking about it off air where uh, we talked about, like, Mr. Hunt. I'm sure he knew more than eight <laughs> other millionaires right. when he started the AFL. For but sure. There, but there was some cats he's like, nah, nah. Stay away from them guys, yeah. you know. Can't do that. He's a little, you know, sporadic, erratic. Yeah. He chose guys who he thought were, were responsible mm-hmm. and could handle it, the start of it, and obviously he pulled it off. Yep. All right, we got the text line Des, which one you see? A list of minority people who have applied to buy the NFL team and have been denied, um, 816. This is, you know, Dana, we talked a little bit about it. You know, there's the, the Steph Curry's and the Jay-Z's, um, black groups who have come together. In, in this particular case, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers come together to try to purchase this team. And, you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier to it and alluded to it that, hey, they were denied for no particular reason. Yeah. This this particular group of uh, minorities, they would have been uh, majority owners. They there was nothing that stopped them from own, they could afford it. Yeah, um, clean group, you know everything they stood for, everything aligned with the NFL, and, and still these guys weren't able to to make this deal happen. Yeah, and I got somebody that from the eight one six that wants to talk about when a conservative like Rush Limbaugh attempted. Okay. I don't know who's discriminated against. So let me be clear. Um, Rush, if Rush Limbaugh was his own CEO of an oil company or Amazon or something like that and didn't have controversial, uh, you know, a controversial history in regards to the media, probably would be uh, entertained. Just sure. like Mr. Hunt probably could have tapped into 
eight other NFL, eight other millionaires to to be a part of the Foolish Club if you right. don't know the history of the Chiefs. Uh, I'm sure Howard Stern and other people probably would have liked to have ownership, but they probably don't get considered because of the nature of their jobs. Sure. That's okay. Like to me, you got to take that into consideration if you're trying to build a conglomerate like the NFL. But if you're building a conglomerate like the NFL and your rationale for not allowing a certain sect of people is just because they are not of the same color, then it's that's absurd. wrong. And yeah. that's and history has shown that. So all the arguments about reverse racism and all that, that that you can miss me with all that because that <laughs> like that doesn't have any standing with the conversation at hand in regards to the workforce, the history, ex- the willingness and ability to someone else from the 785 asked about African-American ownership groups. There are, are and have been, Desmond, you just mentioned that, uh, that have been in position to do so and they just haven't had that opportunity. Now, I know uh, a lot of you, they make the excuse. They make the excuse of I tune into the shows to hear sports. So we're going to talk about sports. That is sports. Ownership and all that is sports. But we do have football that's coming up. Yeah. Um, well, let's tap into this Chiefs team after a bye week, Desmond. I want to get your perspective in regards to uh, where this team has been. If people may not understand, may not recognize, this is the first team in NFL history mm-hmm. to have to play eight consecutive games to start the season against teams that have had that had uh, winning records in the previous season and we are five and two Tyreek Hill is gone the offense is moving along as good or maybe even better sure. than it was I saw a um a I saw a stat that said Patrick Mahomes is having a better year this year in the first seven games than he did last year in the first seven games and multiple of his of the turnovers on offense and the interceptions that were attributed to him were because they went off the hands of Tyreek Hill and other players. Sure. I've said it before. He had 13 uh, regular season interceptions last year. Six of them went off both hands of the intended receiver <laughs> into somebody it's else's a heck hand. Of a stat. And it's unfortunate that he has to wear that stat as his interception because as a former wide receiver, if it touches your hands, it should be caught. No excuses it, no ifs, ands, or buts. But where do you see this team as it is right now uh, as they prepare for the Titans? I see them in a really good position. You know, I, I talked a little bit about it. You know, I was critical of the Chiefs coming into the first few weeks of the season. Um, you know, I thought their offense just wasn't strong enough. I didn't know if they had the receiving core um, to supply Patrick, but these guys have come on. And I think part of the slow start might have something to do with the preseason and the lack of games that these guys play, obviously getting into condition. So I think now they've kind of put that thing in the third and fourth gear. You're seeing Kansas City uh, not only offensively but defensively. I think they're hitting their stride. Special teams still needs to clean it up a little bit. But, um, you know, I think going into the second half, Kansas City is a team that could potentially go to distance again. Obviously, we're, yeah. we're in Kansas City, but this team has all of the, 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 the things, the pieces that they need. Skylar Moore is a guy, you know, we're a little worried about. We talked about should we move him, get a guy in there who could just – Fair catch that, baby, because those possessions are critical, especially yeah. coming down the stretch. Turnovers are huge, but ball possession and ball security is essential for success. Great stuff. We're going to get more into that. We got the fourth quarter of the show coming up where we're going to talk about the Titans, this matchup coming up this week, uh, and we'll tackle that when we come back.
Julio, that's unfair, man. We only got six minutes, six and a half minutes left in the show. And you start off a segment with Biggie. Yeah, like, how you do that? Two Jersey guys? Like, we got, yeah, you, you, you dead wrong. Because yeah. I don't even feel, I feel like I'm disrespecting the legacy by even talking <laughs> over this beat. Just got to let it ride. You got to turn it off, yo. <laughs> I can't get, I can't get no work done. Can't get no work done. We are back. Fourth quarter of the show. Players <laughs> only. I'm Dana Hughes. And we got Desmond Moses in the building filling in for our guy, Sean Barber. Desmond, this last quarter of the show, we, we always tackle the upcoming opponent of the Chiefs. Chiefs have the Titans come in. Now, the Titans, just like the Colts, have kind of been the Achilles heel of this Chiefs during the regular season specifically uh, for a few years. The Titans come in with a lot of confidence, uh, winning their last five games, the way they're doing it, uh, the bruising style in which they're doing it with uh, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on this matchup uh, and, and how the Chiefs can come out of this bye week? They went into the bye week with great positivity with the, with the win out in San Francisco. How do they keep that going? Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things. You hit it on the head. They've been, they've been Kansas City's Achilles heel specifically because of their, their method, you know, their strategy. They, they like to run the ball, control the clock, keep Patrick and those guys – you know, Travis off the field. And if you can do that and control the clock, the time of possession, game within the game, you got a chance first Kansas City. You know, they like to get rolling. They like to stay hot. When you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and it takes five, six, seven-minute, eight-minute drives, generally it messes up the chemistry and sometimes the flow for Kansas City's offense. This will be a tough game, but right now, with Kansas City's momentum, the way these guys are playing, we just talked about it, the way they're hitting their stride, I think Kansas City's primed to have a big second half and, and hopefully run deep into the playoffs. I tell you, I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, if you're talking about it, I know right after this show, we got a, a gambling show that comes on and uh, seeing a 12-and-a-half point spread mm. for the Chiefs in the NFL. I mean, we've seen this team obviously win games by larger than that, but it just kind of concerns me because I get flashbacks for many years – and I don't know who it was for you if there was a specific team, but I played in the 95 playoffs, 96 game against the Indianapolis Colts where we missed a few kicks. We lost <laughs> a heartbreaker. Uh, we were the number one seed, 13-3, and three, and we lost against the Colts. And for years, yeah. I'm talking about decades, I, like, I was shook <laughs> in regards to when the Chiefs played the Colts. And still to this day, there's still some, some anxiety when the Chiefs played the Colts because of my experience <laughs> in that, you know, supposedly being the, the, the huge favorite in the game and losing and not having the, you know, dreams and aspirations dashed because we, uh, we lost to a Colts team. Well, I'm sure you, you felt some type of way when we lost to them in the playoffs being up by 21 or yeah. something that Dan Casey re- re- alluded to. I was part of that playoff game. Oh, you game. were on that team. I was That's on right. that game, 2013, in Indianapolis. I mean, we were winning. We were down our four-string running back, man. We lost a playoff game where we had a chance to really be a championship yeah. type team. What was it, 28-point? Uh, twenty. It was definitely – 28-point lead. I think we, it was a, a three-plus score. 100%. Uh, yeah, so those are the – it's not that I don't have confidence in our team. I don't think – I think we are a better football team, but I sure. also thought we were better – football team than the Indianapolis Colts when we went to Indianapolis. And the fact that you have a Titans team that has 
won five of the last six games against the Chiefs uh, is can be a little bit concerning. Uh, but to offset that, we have had extreme success with Andy Reid after bye weeks. Yes. And Patrick Mahomes after bye weeks. And I feel like like this is the best time to play a team like the Titans. Oh, yeah. uh, you don't you from a linebacker pers- perspective, uh, consciously or subconsciously, I've always said, and maybe you can attest to this, that tackling somebody like Derrick Henry is different <laughs> in September and October than in November and December and January. You feel it and in the you don't, yeah. You, and there's times <laughs> where guys make business decisions <laughs> to go for that tackle and hit that hard turf. Us uh, linebackers don't. Yeah. <laughs> versus what they would do normally in September. Oh, yeah. Um, and so this is a 66 degrees supposed to be a high on, on Sunday night. Um, this is a perfect opportunity for our defense to reestablish itself. We're going to be down Frank Clark for two games, uh, but two home games. So there's really no reason kind of offsets that with the 12th man, the Chiefs faithful, the fans at Arrowhead will be sure. rocking. They'll have a lot of opportunity to get gasoline in their tank <laughs> during the day, uh, Sunday. And uh, I don't expect anything less from them than to be a huge factor in the game like they always are. 100%, man. Kansas City, they'll be ready to go. I'm excited. I might be in the building. A little gasoline in my system. There you but, go. Hey, I'm going to take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming in, Des. As you, you said, you can follow Desmond on Instagram and on Twitter, and you know where you can get me at. Hopefully we'll be back here next week. Talk about a Chiefs win and a Jacksonville Jaguars team coming in town uh, where the Chiefs can continue to roll and hopefully something negative happens for the Bills and we can kind of climb back up to that number one spot and be in position to host a fifth straight AFC championship game here. That's a lot lot of football left to be played. yeah. But I feel really good about where we are and the acquisitions thereof. Kadarius Tony will be a factor this Sunday in the return game. Believe it. And we're going to have fun talking about it next week. Peace. With Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.